you ready to talk fantasy football? Then you're ready for the Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your hosts, Mike Randall and Scott Berg. Week four in the books. We're here on a Monday night. We're just finishing up. And Scott, week four was like a hospital week. I mean, the injuries abound across the fantasy football landscape. Yeah, week four was a nightmare for a lot of fantasy players and fantasy owners. Me, myself, I got hit with three key guys on one team in a league. We're in together. Mariota, Dalvin Cook. Poor Dalvin Cook. I mean, it's just a shame. The kid was playing so well. Brutal. And then, of course, uh, then of course, you know, Julio Jones, who's, you know, top-rated receiver, just can never stay healthy. Always, always been in my back of my head when it comes to drafting Julio Jones. All the talent in the world, but those injuries just never seem to leave him. Yeah, and this will test you, Scott. This will test all these fantasy drafters, right? Here's the key. The key is going to be when you make your early picks, you need them to succeed in your draft. That's what's going to carry you. They're going to score the most points. However, you need a solid middle to end of the draft. Why? Because when these injuries happen and the bye weeks occur, you got to see how you're supporting your team. Yeah, absolutely. You know, those you got you you got to get their first and second round picks right because yeah, if you don't and you miss you miss those second tier players on your team and they don't produce, you know, forget it. Your season's gonna be like the Cleveland Browns and the San Diego or L.A. Chargers and believe it or not, the New York Giants going nowhere. So, got to make sure those picks count. And you know, even if sometimes people tell you the projections and who you got to take, sometimes you got to go with your gut. Yeah, and we'll get into the fourth quarter, but this is a tough survival pool week, by the way. But I'm going to need your advice on this one. I mean, I'm going to go on the couch. I'm thinking of picking the Giants, Scott. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. That might be the team I tell you to pick. It's, uh, at home, <laughs> that, that might be a pick to go with. Uh, yeah, tough. This was a tough week uh, last week, too. I think a lot of people were uh, on their heels. You probably lost a lot of people in the pools you're in. And, uh, you know, Seattle, for at least the first half, had a lot of people, I'm sure, on the edge of their seats. But, you know, they exploded and took care of business in the second half. In my best Tom Coughlin voice, first quarter. All right, Scott, first quarter is here. Three winners, three losers. You tip it off, my partner. Give me your three fantasy winners from week four. First fantasy winner for me is you waited three, four weeks for him to break out. He finally did. He got tons of touches, tons of carries, was pounding the ball against a hated rival, Le'Veon Bell, 35 carries, 144 yards, two touchdowns. Gave you four catches as well uh, for 42 yards. He was the Le'Veon Bell you come to expect, and he did it against a team that usually keeps him in check. The Ravens usually keep him under wraps. He's only broke 100 against them one time. So to get Bell to break out here in week four against a team in this AFC North rivalry for me, Le'Veon Bell's definitely a big winner. So fantasy owners that drafted him, you can relax. It looks like he's on his way back to the elite status of the NFL uh, fantasy running backs. Second winner for me, I mean, how could you not put this guy as a winner? What he did at home against a team that everybody's picking to win the division, Sean Watson, kid just wins 283 yards, four touchdowns, and he added a rushing touchdown. Texans put up, what, 57 on the Titans? Watson was just great from start to finish. He's shown that he is adapted to the NFL pretty pretty well, pretty fast and quickly. So Deshaun Watson, and he definitely has some fantasy value going forward. So he's winner number two for me. And winner number three for me, Jameis Winston at home, 332 yards, three touchdowns. You tried to trade him to me for two weeks. You haven't mentioned a thing to me yet this week. So we'll see how that goes. But Jameis Winston gets the Tampa Bay box, another win at home. He goes for 332 and three touchdowns. Did a very nice job. It was a torrential downpour in the first quarter of that game. But the uh, Bucks and Winston get a win on the last second field goal. Must have been like deja vu for the Giants. So my three winners, Le'Veon Bell, Deshaun Watson, and Jameis Winston. 
All right, I'm going to start, Scott, with Cam Newton. I did not see this one coming. You and I had done some picks. I would have picked the Patriot game first, by the way. I took the Redskin game tonight, thinking that maybe I could get the Patriot game with my second pick. Cam Newton, 316 yards passing, three touchdowns, one interception, Eight rushes, 44 yards, and a touchdown. The old Cam was back. The Patriots' defense, Scott, is horrific. Yeah, you, I mean, you put it out on Twitter. When to start worrying about them? You going to start worrying? You start worrying about them now. That that defense is awful. It and is. I don't think it gets any better Thursday night. It's awful. It's terrible. I don't get it. Cam Newton played well. I agreed with you with the Panthers. They did not look good. Cam Newton did look good. Kelvin Benjamin, non-issue. I mean, had some yards, rather, but it was really the Devin Funches show. But my first winner certainly is going to be Cam Newton. Second winner, listen, I've been hard on the rookie back, Scott, but I got to tell you, Leonard Fournette has been as reliable as a running back as you're going to find in fantasy. He has now scored in every single week, a touchdown in every single week. He had 24 rushes, 86 yards against a tough Jet defense, Scott, at home that just shut down Jay Ajayi, and he had four receptions, 59 yards, and one touchdown. What's going on in Jacksonville with my guy Tom Coughlin and Doug Marona, a coach, is very, very impressive. They are running the ball. They are committed to running the ball, and they're doing a fantastic job. So Leonard Fournette, for all you people who took him early, is as reliable a back as we have in the NFL now, especially with the Dalvin Cook injury. And my last one that I'll go with, Scott, let's give it up for Amir Abdullah. The Lions have struggled running the ball. Now, while Abdullah did get hurt in this game, he did have 20 rushes for 95 yards. He did get a touchdown that they had to review when he got in. Three rushes, 15 yards. Scott, they had uh, three receptions, 15 yards. They had a brutal opening schedule. And this is a game at Minnesota against a tough defense. They were terrible at running the ball. God only knows when they had the last time they had a rushing touchdown. But good job for Amir Abdullah coming around here. He's another guy that maybe you want to target in the second half of the year. Yeah, it's funny you said Abdullah. If we went four winners, he was the fourth one I had targeted on the paper. So, yeah, it was a, yeah. It was a solid effort for him. Theo Riddick did nothing in the run game. You know, he got a couple of catches like he normally does. But it's nice to see from Abdullah. You know, it's taking a little while. And, uh, you know, if he can put out numbers like that on a week-to-week basis and let Riddick do his thing in the passing game, that could become a very, very interesting one-two tandem. And the Lions, you know, they sit now 3-1. and one. Mm-hmm. Probably, you know, with the Packers, the Packers are a good, t- good team too. But the Lions, I told you from day one, I thought were legit, and they still are. It's All a big win. I know, I know I know, it's 14-7. I know it's on the road against Case Keenum, but it's still a very good defense. Huge and that's win. A, that's a big one for the Lions. Scott, huge win. You've been all over him since day one. Good job. And Scott, what do we got for three losers? For me, three losers. First one is a guy you've been all over, and I don't care what his completion percentage was. I don't care what you think he did or what he looked like. Jay Cutler was terrible ah! against New Orleans in London. He was absolutely atrocious. This was a game where Jay Cutler could get right. He could show that this was a right decision by the Dolphins. He went to London, and he looked pathetic. He had the Dolphins marching down the field on the opening drive, and then he throws a off-his-back-foot floating fade in the corner that was to the wrong shoulder side. It was just a unbelievably awful throw. And right from that point on, the Dolphins were in trouble. Lines up in the Wildcat. He literally makes no motion, doesn't sell it, doesn't do nothing. And then you see him on the sideline with that puss on his face. I mean, there's probably a thousand memes that were put out, a thousand gifts that were put out, GIFs, whatever we call them. So Jay Cutler, 164 yards and an interception and absolutely looked like completely disinterested 
like he wanted to be in the booth with Kevin Burkhardt and Charles Davis like he was supposed to be originally as of you know, only about a month ago. So Jay Cutler, loser number one. Losers number two and three are coming from the same game. This game was lopsided from the get-go, but both of these guys were probably on fantasy teams and looking for some relevant action and numbers. Joe Mixon for the Bengals, terrible 17 carries, 29 yards on a, on a day where his team put up 31 points. And Isaiah Crowell for the Browns. I don't know what's going on with Crowell. I thought he would be a guy that you could rely on and be consistent on a bad team to run the ball, get some touches, and get some points. Seven for 20. He's been outperformed now two weeks in a row by Duke Johnson, who's lining up in a slot and getting even a rushing touchdown this week. So for me, losers two and three come from the same blowout game, Joe Mixon and Isaiah Crowell. All right, first one for me is going to be Brandon Cooks. I do not, Scott, like the feast or famine players. You know that. Brandon Cooks is too feast or famine, not for where he was drafted. We had a, a poll put out today on who was one of the most, who is the most disappointing player, biggest bust so far. I really consider going with Brandon Cooks. I understand he had the big game, he had the touchdown. I don't want to hear these people make excuses. He had two pass interference calls. I hate it. I hate it when people do that. He didn't get it. Everyone gets pass interference calls. Everyone gets passes they could have, sh- either should have caught or, or could have, have caught. Enough with that garbage. It's not like Brandon Cooks is the only guy who's getting pass interference calls against him. He's on a team. Gronkowski is the first option. Hogan had a touchdown. Amendola had a touchdown. Uh, James White had 10 receptions. Brandon Cooks is not a guy you can rely on. He's a a a a wide receiver two moving forward, and that is it. Second one is the guy, Scott, I did say on Twitter today, Jamie Eisenberg's question about who is the biggest bust. It is a is Amari Cooper. Folks, here's the issue. Amari Cooper is not the best receiver in that draft right now. I don't know if he's number two. Stefan Diggs is number one. Amari Cooper is not getting open. He doesn't have, you know, let's say Antonio Brown has that ability, Scott, to get open at any single moment, at any single distance. He doesn't have that. He doesn't have you go this way, I go that way moves is what I like to call it. He doesn't. He drops passes. So here's a guy that can't really shake anyone and drops passes from a quarterback, Scott, by the way. And I know I know Derek Carr got hurt. He doesn't throw for a lot of yards. This is not a good remember. This guy last year was 14th in quarterback fantasy points per game. This year he was averaging something like 206 yards per game. He is not a high volume guy. You're taking Amari Cooper early. He's dropping way too many passes. Del Rio said it and he doesn't really get open. So my second loser there is going to be Amari Cooper. Third loser, Scott, I'm going to say the entire Los Angeles Charger team. And here's why. Did you see the Eagles linebacker? I think his name was Hicks. Scott, it's the fourth quarter. The Chargers have a big third down. Hicks is waving the crowd noise on. The game is in Los Angeles. I, I did I did see that. When we talked about that, there's no home field advantage for the Chargers. There was about 20,000 Eagle fans Scott, there. But I, I, I did see that. That's terrible. This one really bugged me because the Eagles are on the East Coast. This one really bugs me. It is unfair. They have some tremendous fantasy players there, right? Rivers, Gordon, Allen, Terrell Williams had a big game. Scott, they're playing 16 road games. That's going to wear on any team, no matter how good they are. That is very, very difficult in my mind. I still want to try to get to a deal with you for Phillip Rivers. It's not Rivers' talent. It's not that his numbers haven't been there. That has nothing to do with it. I think he'll bounce back. What concerns me is he's playing 16 road games. <laughs> like, Well, you know what? I mean, you know, instead of talking about it, if you actually propose it, maybe something happens. But I don't, I don't know what to I, do. I'm, I'm with you. It's, the road games are terrible. And you know, I even heard talk today that there's some talk going on that for the next two years they may try go back and go back to san diego for till the stadium is ready i mean that that's just that's like a death wish waiting to happen because 
the San Diego fans already turned on them. There'll be nobody there in a stadium that seats 70,000. Scott, I have no issue with the fact that their performance is down. You know me. I, I, you call me contrarian, but I just sometimes believe that everyone goes back to the mean on what they've averaged, right? But I, I don't understand this. I wouldn't like Tom Brady if he played 16 row games. I, I mean, this is this is pathetic. These are the Philadelphia Eagles, Scott. This isn't like playing San Francisco. They're flying across country. This, I mean, this is ridiculous. He was waving the crowd on. I mean, so third loser. Everybody on the Chargers. Everybody. The Char- and the Chargers have fantasy value there's great fantasy players on that team so yeah it's a it's a bad situation all around for them it's not going to get any worse and you know like i told you I, if i if i was telling you what team to go survivor pool it might be against them this week there's only one thing that bothers me scott because i've seen it before i've seen philip rivers do this in survival pools and big games they may be relieved to go on the road they may be relieved to actually get out of the stadium and he has the ability to dial one up that's the only thing that's bothering me right now yeah, I mean, I get it, but you know, he's facing a team that's own four as well. But you know, they they were inches away from winning the last two. So, on paper, I would say this team at home that they're playing the Giants is due for one. Is the way I would look at it. Yeah, maybe you're right. All right, second quarter. All right, Scott, so we're going to do NFC home games here, and we're going to change it up a little bit here, folks. So we're going to try to get more information, more stuff to you, and just sort of go back and forth. And, and one of us will, will talk about the game, and the other one will just sort of guide the conversation. So, Scott, I will start this off with a Thursday night game for you. The Packers 35, the Bears 14. A lot of stuff happened here. First, let's start with the Packers' backfield. We talked about Ty Montgomery. He looked great to start, Scott, when we were on our last podcast. Five carries, 28 yards. He exited the game with a rib injury. Jamal Williams came in. He had four carries, then he left. Then Aaron Jones comes back in, 13 carries, 49 yards, and a touchdown. Scott, what should fantasy owners think about the Packers' backfield moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I would you know, hold out hope that Montgomery's going to be all right. Maybe he misses a game this weekend, you know, in week five. But I would hold out hope that Montgomery will be fine. But we talked about it. He's, he's an injury waiting to happen each week. So, and Jamal, Jamal Williams got hurt, and then all of a sudden Aaron Jones is the guy that comes in and goes, you know, 13 for 49 with a score. So, obviously, in the waiver wire, Aaron Jones is going to be one of the top pickups, especially not even for Montgomery owners, but – it's going to be for any other running back owners that lost guys like Dalvin Cook and so forth and Chris Carson uh, we'll talk about maybe later on. So, I mean, you're, you're going to target Aaron Jones because with Montgomery probably out this week, and I would say Jamal Williams out this week as well, you know, Jones looked all right. So right now, you know, I tell you to go target Jones on the waiver wire. You know, hold out hope that Montgomery is only one, maybe two weeks, and you get him back down the road. But if you're a Montgomery owner and you're in position, I'd fight to pick up Aaron Jones there. Scott, Devontae Adams took a brutal hit from Danny Trevathan, who's now out for two games. He had two catches for 13 yards and a touchdown before leaving. Talk about him versus Randall Cobb rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, health is a big issue here. I like Adams if he's healthy over Cobb. I think Adams offers more more in the game. I mean, Cobb is reliable and, you know, someone Rodgers can lean on. But, you know, if Adams is unhealthy, then you know Cobb, Cobb's value increases immensely. You know, a lot of people probably have Cobb maybe as a fourth wide receiver. I mean, if Adams is out long term, and that was a brutal, brutal hit, one of the, you know, scary hits you've seen. In the NFL in the past few years, so I mean Cobb's value definitely increases with Adams out. So you know you monitor that situation, but right now Cobb is a player that if you can, you know maybe even acquire with some value, is someone you might want to target till Adams is ready to go. You got any interest in Martellus Bennett? Everybody's always trying to pick up tight ends every week. He's getting the targets, Scott, seven targets in this game, but minimal production. He's not scoring. Martellus Bennett, what do you got? I mean, the position's so thin. I mean, just the, the looks itself, I think, merits a, a, enough to be, you know, looked at at least. I mean, Rodgers is looking at his way. You see the targets are there. Maybe eventually he gets going. I mean, it's a new offense. It's a new system for him. It's a new team. So, listen, with the position being so thin, you know, you got the Gronkowskis and you got my boy Ertz continuing to produce. But then you look at the rest of them, you know, the Jordan Reeds and Tyler Eifert can't stay healthy. Kelsey's hot and cold. So, I mean, you're running out of options. So, yeah, I, I, I would, you know, if you could target Bennett and if he's available – 
especially if Adams is out. You know, it gives now another target. Cobb moves up the depth chart. You figure Bennett moves up as well. So, yeah, I, I, if you could and you need someone, I would target Martellus Bennett going forward. I give you a chance to pound your chest here, and it was a garbage time touchdown, but that doesn't matter. Scott Jordan Howard is alive and well, like Frankenstein. He didn't do much most of the game. Packers always tough at home, but did have 18 carries, 53 yards, and a late TD. You got to feel pretty good, man. No, I, I, I do. Listen, I mean, two weeks ago, I came out here and we played the Undertaker theme and I conceded and, you know, I jumped the gun on this. I mean, Howard is at least showing me now he's alive. He's well. He's got me back motivated. And hey, after four weeks, I got a six point lead when it comes to fantasy points and full point PPR against Gordon. So I like where I'm at. Howard's been good. And I also like the fact that Howard is getting more looks in the passing game. He's actually outlooked Tariq Cohen in the past two weeks, 30 to 16 when it comes to passing routes. So that's a good sign for Howard owners. It's a bad sign for Tariq Cohen owners because even Benny Cunningham had some action this week. Yeah, and that's the thing. Tariq Cohen, I kind of saw this one coming, man, because when you're talking about a scat back like a Tariq Cohen or Darren Sproles, he's not going to be consistent on a week-to-week basis. Even Alan Kamara, who had a great game over in England, he's not. So what do you think about Cohen moving forward? RB2, matchup dependent? Yeah, I mean, probably matchup dependent and game script dependent. You know, I mean, listen, the, the, the Bears were down, you know, 28 when uh, Howard scored his touchdown and Howard was still out on the field and even he was on the field even chasing points when the game was a little closer so yeah you know Cohen's gonna be a tough read John Fox is always weird with some of these guys some of these players and you saw Benny Cunningham get in there I you know you gotta watch Cohen now I mean I think his value automatically quickly drops to a low-end RB2 and it could go even further if Howard just get the ball and the fact that Howard's banged up and he's still getting these touches, and he's playing through the pain. He's got to mean something for fantasy owners and show something for the Bears owner, Bears fans as well. The Lions, we just talked about it a few minutes ago, go into Minnesota, win a big game against the Vikings 14-7. Yes, there was no Sam Bradford. Case Keenum was there, but the Lions get a very big NFC North win. You know, talk about it from a quarterback standpoint. You know, Matthew Stafford is going to be long-term. Do you, do you still believe in Matthew Stafford going forward? His numbers weren't great in this game, huge, but it was enough to win and keep his team in it. So from Matt, from a quarterback standpoint, is Matthew Stafford still flirting with that QB1 for you? Yeah, you loved him. You loved him. You called it from the beginning of the year. Absolutely. He's got seven touchdowns, one interception. Right now, he's the fifth-ranked uh, quarterback in, in points per game. He's been very, very good. I like him. I think he's solid. He's going to throw the ball a lot because they do struggle to run. I think he's a great target moving on. I think he's an every-week start almost, Scott. Now, when you look at the running backs, you know, again, Abdullah, we talked about how the breakout game. Riddick did not much in the rushing game. Um, you know, if you're going to go on a week-to-week basis and you're going to look to play one of these backs, I mean, I'm sure there's some fans out there, fans of yours, you know, you Mikey, Mikey 10K, congratulations on that, Randall, <laughs> that that are of the team backfield uh, mentality like you. So there's, if somebody has Abdullah owned, they probably have Riddick owned. If you're going the last three quarters of the season, last 12 games, who, who gives you more value? Is it Abdullah or is it Riddick? Oh, it's going to be Abdullah. And their schedule opens up here. Now, Abdullah had a great game, but he definitely is turning a corner. He is the guy they're going to go to. Zach Zenner has been non-existent. And Abdullah's schedule, Scott, second half of the year. Check this out. He's a guy I'm definitely looking to trade for. I happen to have good running backs in my leagues this year, which is usually not the case when I'm zero RB. But he's a guy who you definitely want to target. Take a look at this. They got the Panthers this week at home. Fine. At New Orleans, of course, feasting. Week 7, a bye. Steelers home at Green Bay. Home Cleveland at Chicago. Home Minnesota, that'll be tough, but it is home. At Baltimore, who's not been great. At Tampa Bay. Bears in Week 15. At Bengals Week 16. So they have a schedule there that he can do some damage. I do not like Riddit. I think he's feast or famine. Abdul is a guy I'm targeting for trades. Again, like you said, they play Carolina this week at home. So Carolina, you know, they, the big win against New England, but their secondary has still been pretty you know, average over the course of the season. So when you look at Golden Tate, you look at Marvin Jones, even Eric Ebron. Is Eric Ebron, 
you know, he he did nothing again. We we saw nothing from him again. Does he merit anything to look at down the road? And when it comes to Golden Tate, is he still the unquestioned number one? Or did you see maybe a reversal of last year where Jones was lights out early part, Tate picked it up in the second half. Could we possibly see a reversal where Tate was good first half and Jones comes alive in the second? No, Jones has the same situation with Amari Cooper. He doesn't cause separation. He needs to be a number two, not a number one, but Golden Tate is really the number one, but he's in the slot. Scott, I have no interest in Eric Ebron. Do not ever ask me about him again. I have no interest in him. I don't want to use him. I'd rather go to waiver wire and stream with him. He's done. I have no no issue. I'd rather start you a tight end. He's soft. He doesn't get the ball in the red zone. They thought he was going to get all of the targets there from Anquan Bolden. It's not happening. Golden Golden Tate absolutely is the number one wide receiver. He's going to get 90 receptions. He always does. I know in this game, only five targets, three receptions, 29 yards. He played at Minnesota. Minnesota's tough. It's fine. It happens. Don't worry about it. Marvin Jones, feast or famine. He's going to get two catches, three catches. It's going to be 40 yards, 60 yards, whatever it is. No interest in, in him as well. To me, it's Golden Tate, and that's it. Ebron got out touched by Daniel Fells at the tight end position. Fells had 40. <laughs> Dear so Lord, thank you. That's thank all we you. need to know about yes. Ebron, I think. Go to the Minnesota side. Look, we're not going to talk about Case Keenum. You're not playing him. Much respect to Case Keenum. No, keeping the Vikings afloat. Hopefully Bradford's back soon enough. But the big issue here is, you know, Dalvin Cook. Uh, it's a sad story for the kid. I mean, he's been playing lights out. Looked like a true rookie of the year candidate. He goes down on one of those scary non-contact injuries. He's out for the year with the ACL. So we Cook out for the year with the ACL injury. You look to Latavius Murray, Jarek McKinnon. You know, who's got more value? And dare I say, would they even consider maybe calling up New Orleans and say, hey, do you want to come home, AP? Uh, That'd be nuts if they brought him home. Here's the thing. You want the goal line back. I've said this to you and I've argued about this. In a situation like this, you want the goal line back. Latavius Murray is the guy to own. Jarek McKinnon, they have tried it. It's not worked. I don't want to hear about the metrics. I don't want to hear about his skill set. They don't believe in the guy. He's Lamar Miller, basically. He looks good on paper, but for some reason it doesn't translate. He'll get a couple passes. He'll be a little shovel pass guy. That's it. It's Murray. Target Murray. Go to the waiver wire and get him. Dalvin Cook's been really good. He's better than Latavius Murray, Scott, but I think Latavius Murray's pretty good. He is a guy with double-digit touchdowns for the Raiders. You want to target Murray, that's the guy. And is is it time that we all, and if you haven't already, maybe it's time that we all anoint both Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen as legit week-in, week-out fantasy threats at the wide receiver position? 100%. I mean, listen, you're looking at, at Stefan Diggs right now, Scott. He is the number one receiver in fantasy. He's the guy. He's got 52 points in a standard league. He's got 22 receptions, 391 yards, and four touchdowns. And Adam Thielen is doing pretty darn well himself. He's actually up there. He's about 15 or so. He's got 24 receptions, 358 yards. Doesn't even have a touchdown yet. But in PPR leagues, he's golden. They are fantastic. They are must-starts. They're doing this with Case Keenum. If Sam Bradford comes back, it's an upgrade. If Teddy Bridgewater starts, it's an upgrade. If Case Keenum stays, it's probably a decent upgrade. He was only 16 to 30. But Stefan Diggs getting five receptions for 98 yards against a very different difficult Detroit defense that have real Darius Slay's done a nice job there and Thielen is open as well it's one of these binary receiving situations Scott with Diggs and Thielen but Rudolph is useless he's just not getting enough volume and Michael Floyd is coming back I understand that but I'm really not concerned Diggs Thielen they're fantastic Dare I say, I was just going to say, Undertaker theme for Kyle Rudolph or not just yet? Nah, just because tight end is so bad, man. I mean, like, he, but, he but, but, don't you, but don't you think that with Case Keenum at quarterback, his numbers would have increased? I mean, I just feel like, you know, when you have a backup quarterback like that, that's a guy that should benefit and he just they may you know, nothing they nothing may, yeah they may but he was so good last year he could have a decent second half of you listen i'm not thrilled starting kyle rudolph don't get me wrong but i wouldn't bury him yet because tight end is so terrible would it shock you if kyle rudolph outscored martellus bennett rest of the year would that be shocking no, I, I guess not it just you know it's one of those guys that yeah you, know, you think it'd be a fringe top five top seven and he just seems to disappoint year in and year out 
All right, next we'll move to Buffalo Bills with a huge win. Sean McDermott, in my mind, is coach of the year. You can go with a couple different guys there. I'll go with McDermott, 23-17 to 17 in Atlanta. One in Atlanta, their first loss in that new stadium. Scott Tyrod Taylor, 12 of 20, 182 yards, one touchdown, very efficient, only ran for 12 yards, but he just keeps getting wins, Scott. Yeah, I mean, this was this was an effective win. This is a great win for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, look, they went into Atlanta, beat the Falcons, who, you know, I know they were 3-0, and but we had talked about this a little bit. You know, they were a couple plays away from now being 1-3. and So, but this, you know, on the road in that new stadium, great job by McVay, great job by Tyrod Taylor. He keeps his team in every game, gives them the chance to win these games, being that dual threat with the passing game and the running game. Uh, Tyron Taylor, and listen, I took a chance to stream him this week in one league where I sat Derek Carr. So, you know, it kind of worked out for me. A few more points in Carr, and the injury obviously played a big part. But yeah, love Tyron Taylor's you know willingness to do what it need, do what he needs to do to help his team win games every week. Go to the running backs. LaShawn McCoy, one of the few running backs, Scott, that is getting all of the touches. He had 20 carries for 76 tough yards at Atlanta. He also had three receptions on three targets. He caught them off at 32 yards. LaShawn McCoy had a, had a tough run here, but has a good schedule open up. What do you think about him? Yeah, I mean, McCoy is going to be good going forward. I mean, he bounces back after those two weeks where he only got 29 yards on 23 carries. Look, 20 for 76, it's not you know an exciting line. But what it did is it, would help, it helped the Bills control the game on the ground. I mean, you put it up on Twitter that the Bills had posted up, we were running all day Atlanta to try and stop us, and they couldn't. You know, so between McCoy and Tolbert, you know, Tolbert gives you that bruising back, that kind of change of pace to, you know, break off a couple runs, give McCoy a blow, and Tolbert can really pound it at you. So, McCoy going forward is going to be fine. You know, he gets his he gets his running touches. He gets his passing reception. So he's a great PPR running back as long as he's on the field. He does have health issues every once in a while too to worry about. But going forward, McCoy is going to be fine, and he helps you if you're in a position where the game is tight. He's one of those guys that can help you control a game. Scott, there are no wide receivers in, in Buffalo. Jordan Matthews is actually hurt, and he had caught a touchdown on two receptions. So just talk to us about Charles Clay. Five receptions, 112 yards. Yeah, I think that's what makes you know the Bills win even more impressive. You know, Tyra Taylor's got one guy he's throwing to, and it's Clay. Listen, Charles Clay's a tight end in every week play now. I mean, he, you know, started the season, might have been a fringe. You know, you pick him up, stream him once in a while. But, you know, after four weeks, Charles Clay is – is he's the number one receiver. I don't care if he's playing tight end, but he's the number one target for Tyron Taylor. So if he's available on the wire, that should be a target for you this week. You know, especially you're gonna be fighting for these running backs and stuff like that. You want to maybe solidify another position. I think Charles Clay could solidify your tight end position going forward. You know, five for one twelve is a great. It's a great line there. You know, the Falcons got some pretty decent linebackers, so it's a good job by Clay to get open and make some plays. So yeah, he's he's definitely worth. Um, you know, a tight end play going forward the rest of the year. Go to Atlanta, Scott. The one I want to talk about here is Tevin Coleman. All right, nine rushes, 79 yards. I really felt strongly he was going to explode. He did a nice job for me. I cashed in DFS this week on DraftKings and four receptions, 65 yards. I kind of feel he's getting warmed up or do you think this is a one-week thing? Yeah, I mean, I got to see it another week or two. I mean, it's a, it's a good numbers for him. I mean, Freeman is still the bell cow. He gets more touches than Coleman does. But, you know, if, if given the opportunity, Coleman can be just as productive as Devontae Freeman, I believe. He gives you the same versatility that Freeman does. But I, I we just need to see it a little more. And maybe the fact that this game was a little tighter, they tried to change it up a little bit and switch between the backs, help get Coleman involved more. I mean, it's a great line. Nine for 79, four for 65. You can't ask for much more without scoring a touchdown from, you know, a supposed 1B running back at a 1-2 tandem. So it's great numbers for Coleman. If you have him, you can roll him out there on a weekly basis because he's going to be involved. I'm just not ready to anoint him as a you know low-end RB1 each week. He definitely has RB2 potential and, and numbers for sure. But with Freeman there, he's still 
limited at what he's going to be able to do on a week-to-week basis. Listen, Matt Ryan's still pretty good, Scott, but he did have three turnovers in this game, two interceptions and a fumble, so I want to cover him this way. Ready? Rest of schedule. Matt Ryan, Carson Palmer. Uh, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger. Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz. Matt Ryan. Interesting. Okay, so you're staying on the Ryan uh, the Ryan situation. And talk to us about the wide receivers. You know, Mohamed Sanu could have had a good a game here when Julio Jones went out. He's got a hamstring. It looks like he'll be out for two weeks. They're on a bye, so he should be okay. But Julio Jones, you've got him in a bunch of leagues. What do you think about them? Yeah, I mean, like I said, he worries me. I talked to you, you know, before the season started when I found out I was in a position where I was going to draft him in the league that we're in. We, we had some discussions because we were far apart, of, you know, far enough in the draft that we could talk about a first-round discussion. You know, this is what worried me about Julio Jones. You know, you know, not, you know, knock on wood, when you draft an Antonio Brown or even a Beckham pre-ankle injury here, these guys have been relatively healthy and they produce and they make make their numbers and get there. And Jones is a lights out receiver, but he's just got a history of this where he misses one or two games or, you know, he he's out with nagging injuries. And, you know, it's we're through four weeks and he hasn't scored a touchdown, which worries, you know, worries any owner when you draft him. Most people did for, as their first pick. So. When he's healthy, he's lights out. He worries me a little bit. I'm afraid that this hit might nag him. It's great that they got the bye this week. That helps and comes. You know, it, it's great timing for Julio owners. But let's just hope that you know he can uh, get back to it and put this hip injury in the rearview mirror. As far as Mohamed Sanu, you know, again timing for him as well. You know, that that was that was probably part of the reason why the Falcons go down. They lose their top two wide receivers, and you get a Justin Hardy touchdown. But you're not really streaming Justin Hardy. So I mean, it's. When guys like that go down, it makes it tough for you know a team to win when your key playmakers go down. But I mean, I, I'm confident Julio bounces back. But you'll always be in the back of your mind with the injuries with him. You know, and, and one other guy, Austin Hooper. I know you dropped him. He he's going to have to be a guy that's going to step up if Jones or Sanu are out any length of time. You know, he went five for fifty. A lot of people dropped him. Listen to you, and even you know on their own dropped him. So he might be a guy you could target. And if Julio or Sanu are out even after the bye. He's going to have to be a guy that steps up and produces and gives Matt Ryan another target. Yeah, I'll tell you something. Either of those guys are hurt, he's an automatic pickup for me. But if they both come back healthy, I would drop him right again. All right. Now, one, another one of these big upsets that we saw this week in a really entertaining game. And I think we're seeing a, you know, a lot of maturity, uh, You know, players growing before our eyes. The Rams going to Dallas, into Jerry World, and beat the Cowboys 35-30. to I mean... This, this Ram offense put up 35 points, and their year-to-date average went down. So, I mean, that tells you there the offense is just clicking. I got to ask you right off the bat, I mean, this is now four weeks of Jared Goff. I know we talked a little bit last week, but is he a reliable fantasy player going forward? I mean, he's been lights out so far. Scott, if you're someone who streams quarterbacks, I think you got to look at Jared Goff. I mean, he's been efficient. The different, I think Graham Barfield put out the difference between him with Jeff Fisher and Sean McVay is incredible. I think he's viable. He's certainly viable at home. But I'll tell you something, man. We're going to find out a lot about Jared Goff next week against Seattle at home. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's great. That's a big spot. It's a big litmus test for him. Um, running back-wise, is this a comeback player of the year candidate, Todd Gurley? Uh, Gurley's great. There's no discussion. Gurley's fantastic. I know people are afraid of his schedule moving forward. I don't care. He's an RB1. Write it in. I think he's top five rest of the year. He's been fantastic. In the passing game as well in this game, it's seven receptions, 94 yards, and the 53-yard touchdown. He's been tremendous. Yeah, so I mean, I think that might lead to maybe the only area of concern right now for this team. I mean, they're winning games, they're putting up points. We saw it against San Francisco, both Watkins and Woods had big games, and all of a sudden they come back against Dallas, and they put up a combined 34 yards on three on three catches. Cooper Cup came up with the touchdown. So from a wide receiver standpoint, if you're looking at Cup, Woods, Watkins, 
and you believe in Goff, who's the most likely candidate to be that team's leader and wide receiver fantasy points at the end of the year? He was a little banged up, Scott, coming into this game. They weren't sure if he was going to play. I'm going to throw that out the window. You want Sammy Watkins. Cooper Cup is nice. He's up, he's down. He's got a couple catches here and there. Enough. Robert Woods, again, a little up and down. It's Sammy Watkins. He's the big play guy. As Jared Goff gets better, if you believe in Jared Goff, you have to believe in Sammy Watkins because he's going to start throwing deeper. Watkins is going to start getting open. He's a legit player. Two touchdowns against San Francisco. We forgot about it already. He was banged up. I ignore it. I'm looking to trade for Sammy Watkins. All right, Dak Prescott, quarterback for the Cowboys. Nice game. Put up points. Put up numbers. You know, when you talk about Prescott and Z Elliott, they did their thing. I think the biggest, you know, thing on the Cowboys side, you see see nothing out of Cole Beasley. You see nothing out of a guy, Jason Witten, who cooled off. So take away Prescott and Elliott. You know, Des Bryant gets his red zone touches. Who who can be the, the, the next guy up there? I mean, is there anybody else with some relevancy for the Cowboys other than those three I mentioned? No. No, there's not. And that's why I'm really impressed with Dak Prescott. When he threw that bomb down the field, I think it was to Bryce Butler. That's what really turned my head against Arizona. This game is 20 of 36, three touchdowns, one interception. Scott, this team is not good. They don't have anyone besides Des Bryant. Des Bryant gets those jump balls. Tremaine Johnson was all over him. He had five catches, 98 yards. The answer is no. There's no one else. His second best receiver is Ezekiel Elliott. And God forbid Ezekiel Elliott, for your Cowboy fan, ends up sitting for six games. He's really going to struggle. Dak's doing a lot. He's doing a lot here. He had a rushing touchdown. It was called back. I think that's do- doing as much as he can with a team that he doesn't have a second receiver. It's a problem. It's a problem moving forward for the Cowboys. It's Zeke. It's Dak trying to make things happen. And it's lobs to Des Bryant. That's all they have. They have nothing else. Let me pose this rest of the year. Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I don't think it's even close. I don't think it's even close. Interesting. But Scott, I will say this. If they had Eric Decker (laughs) as the second receiver, the answer is Prescott. I think Prescott is doing as much as he can with a terrible offense. I, I have to tell you, they just need a decent second wide receiver. Remember they had Eric Decker right now? They'd yeah, be fine. yeah. I, I got to admit, I mean, I, I was down on Prescott going into this year. I thought he'd have a bit of a, a, a downturn. Through four weeks, he's proved me wrong. You know, we'll see how the rest of the season goes. But yeah, if they, I mean, listen, everybody was all Cole Beasley's a number two. Now, Cole Beasley is not a number two receiver, and we're seeing that here. I don't even know if he's been on the field, and if he is, you don't know where he is. So, I mean, if the Cowboys can ever find themselves someone other than Witten, who Father Time will catch up to eventually, to compliment Des Bryant or give them another threat. They, they can be good, but right now they, they don't have that. You get Tampa Giants here, Scott. Giants fall to 0-2. They come in. Eli actually played decently, Scott, and had a rushing touchdown. Uh, where do you like Eli? Rest of schedule. Yeah, I mean, I think Eli can be a top 15 fantasy quarterback. I mean, if, you know, the bye weeks are kicking in now, so he's going to be available to you in the wire. Look, I, I like him next week. I actually probably love him. I love them this week, and I'm going to be honest with you, I, probably, I like him this week again against the Chargers at home. Because they they gotta win. I, it was the same same reasoning I gave you last week. Giants needed to win. Eli Manning played good enough for the Giants to win against Tampa Bay, and the defense in key spots let them down. They were unable to convert a two point conversion, which would at least kept this game tied with that field goal that Tampa Bay hit. You know, so Tampa Bay wins this game 25-23, back to back weeks with a last second field goal loss for the Giants, and you know the panic is set in, and it's probably even beyond panic at this point for Giant fans. But Eli did his—he did what he needed to do, and that's the one thing. You, we can get on Eli Manning all we want, but when he needs to step up and, and, and win a game, even, even that playoff game against the Packers last year, I know the Giants got blown out, but the one guy that came to play was Eli Manning. All those drops and everything. So you can you can use Eli Manning going forward. I can put him as a top 15 quarterback and definitely an extremely viable streaming option starting in week five against the Chargers. Manning, Rivers, rest of schedule. Uh, I'll probably still stick with Rivers. Because I think he has, you know, uh, more weapons, and then the run game. What Melvin Gordon's a key look. I know I, I'm I'm going up against him with Howard, but 
Gordon offers just so much more than any of these giant running backs do, as of now anyway. So it opens it up a little more for Rivers. So I'll stick with Rivers. Man and Carr, rest of schedule. Well, listen, Carr, we're talking two to six weeks. He might be out. So right now you might have to go Manning if he's out the latter term. If Carr is healthy, I still take Carr. But right now I'd have to give you Eli Manning because I know they're hoping for two, but I would say it's probably closer to you know four or five for Carr. Man- Manning, Alex Smith. Uh, I'll take Manning. I think Alex Smith's come back down to earth. I think he'll be what he is that we've seen from him. So I would take Eli Manning over Alex Smith. Two people I want to talk about, Beckham, Shepard, and Marshall. I think they're straightforward. We're not going to talk about them. Running backs, Wayne Gallman. I liked what I see, Scott. Is he possibly worth a start against a Charger run defense that just got shredded by like Garrett Blunt? By week, if you need to, yeah. I mean, he's gonna. He has to be the guy that that lines up for the first play of this game behind Eli Manning and shows that he's the starting running back. No, I mean, Paul Perkins. We played the Undertaker team. We could do that every week for Paul Perkins, and even Shane Vereen from a running aspect gives you nothing. So. The Giants have nothing to lose here. They got to put this kid out there and let him see what he can do. He's definitely worth a waiver wire pickup. If you're afraid to start him this week against the Chargers, then so be it. But for me, he's a guy that you you got to look at. He he's going to get the look. So yeah, I would target Wayne Gallman. He's probably worthy of a start at home. I mean, the Chargers aren't that good. I mean, they got pounded by Legarrette Blunt last week. So Giants are terrible against tight ends. Scott, we'll go over to Tampa Bay. Everybody's pretty straightforward here. Cameron Brate went for 480 and a touchdown. Here's my question: You starting Cameron Brate against the Patriots on Thursday? I am. Uh, I, I I am starting Cameron Brate against the Patriots. I mean, I think Ed Dixon had a decent little game there for Carolina against New England. Patriot defense stinks. I had Cameron Brate in DFS. He was a guy I gave out four for 80 and a touchdown, and even OJ Howard get a touchdown. So you're right. The Giants are awful. They have now given up five touchdowns to opposing tight ends through four games. Every single tight end of merit has scored against them. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Patriot defense stinks. Uh, you know, we'll talk more probably Thursday about this game, but I I, I like Cameron Braid a lot against the Patriots this week at home. Doug Martin comes back this week, Scott. Doug Martin, Amir, Amir Abdullah, rest of schedule. Amir Abdullah. I don't think this is a lock for Doug Martin to get his job back 100%. Doug Martin, Tariq Cohen, rest of schedule. Uh, Doug Martin. Tariq Cohen will be a non-factor by week 10. All right. Arizona, San Francisco, NFC West battle. This game was a game full of field goals until a pure class future Hall of Famer, Larry Fitzgerald, did what he had to do. Arizona beats the Niners 18 to 15. You know, we say this about the Niners every week. They're in every game. Just have trouble winning them. You know, from a quarterback standpoint, you know, Brian Hoyer, you're not playing. Carson Palmer, you're not playing. I want to talk to you. I mean, we've talked a little bit about this already. You know where I stand. They know where you're standing. Does your opinion change at all about the Arizona running back situation going forward after seeing what Chris Johnson did and what Andre Ellington did? I just can't. Listen, Andre Ellington's been very, very impressive. He had nine receptions on 14 targets, Scott. And here's the thing. It goes back to game flow. If you had said in that argument, listen, I don't think the Cardinals are going to be able to run the ball worth anything. So I think they're going to be passing a lot. And because I think they're passing a lot, I think Ellington is going to be better than Chris Johnson. That's a different story. They will never give Andre Ellington the first and second uh, down work because they just think he's going to get hurt because he gets hurt when, when that happened. So he's going to stay as this third third uh, down guy. But if they're trailing or they can't move the ball and they could not move the ball against the Colts and they could not move the ball against the Niners, then Andre Ellington is definitely the play in PPR. And you can make an argument in standard. Chris Johnson still got 13 rushes. There's some whispering going on that they don't want him on the team anymore. Andre Ellington is not getting the first and second down work. He's just not big enough to do that. However, he's been massively productive. So I think Andre Ellington, I have to tell you, is probably the most reliable PPR option on the Cardinals right now because they have so many different options. 
Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, what you just said is kind of my argument, and maybe I should have rephrased it correctly a couple weeks ago when we talked about it. But even in those pressure situations, he's been the guy in the field. And even if it was second or first down, in overtime, he was the only back on the field. So for me, it, you know, he was just the guy that offered more value. So we'll see how it goes. So far, it's been Ellington over these guys. Like you said, he does have his injury history, so we'll see how that goes. You know, I want to talk wide receiver. Look, Larry Fitzgerald, the line is not good. You know, it was only four for 32, but he, he did what he did. He game-winning touchdown. But now is Jerron Brown, is he legitimately now the number two? No, he's not. We did the same thing with J.J. Nelson a couple weeks ago, Scott. We're not doing this. The problem is I, I am looking to sell Larry Fitzgerald. I'm looking to sell him right now. And this could be a mistake. But at this point, what you're doing is you're projecting. Larry Fitzgerald has slowed down each of the last two seasons. Okay, now this could be his last year, so this could be different. But four receptions, uh, seven targets, 32 yards, and a miracle touchdown. There's just too many guys who are getting the targets. This could be John Brown next week, Scott. Nelson could come back next week. No, we're not picking. Do not pick up Jerron Brown. Please do not do that enough. There's too many targets here. The only thing I can tell you for sure is Jermaine Grisham is terrible. That's it. Yeah, well, again, we go back to tight ends. There are no tight ends. <laughs> Carlos Hyde, not much there on the running game. I know you're a big supporter of Matt Breda. You know, he didn't really put up much from a fantasy standpoint. You know, his bread and butter, I guess, is being able to catch passes at a backfield. He really wasn't on the statute there. So, going forward down the road, Carlos Hyde, is Matt Breda really a you know, a factor in cutting into his playing time, do you think? Or are we starting to maybe see that's just Hyde's team? Scott, I will say it right now. If Carlos Hyde gets injured, Matt Breida is a fantasy championship winner for somebody. He passes the eye test. He looks faster. He hits the holes faster. It's like the bizarro Samaje P. Ryan, by the way, who took forever to hit the hole. He looks really good. Carlos Hyde is also really good, Scott. Don't get me wrong, but he's just so injury prone. If he goes out for the rest of the year or for a substantial period of time, I am racing to the waiver wire to get Matt Breida. I picked, actually picked him up this week and then I realized I'm not going to play him, so why do I have him? But he's a guy that if you have a deep bench, you should definitely stash. Hyde is solid. He had five receptions on six targets, 27 yards, 16 rushes, 68 yards. That's a solid game with no touchdown. But I like the way Matt Breida looks. I'm telling you. Yeah, I mean, look, I, yeah, I mean, he, he can. I mean, look, but Brian Hoyer has kept the Niners in every single game, but they're 0-4. And Niner fans are now starting to clamor for C.J. Beathard. If they were to make a change to a guy like C.J. Beathard, does it increase help at all Pierre Garçon's value? Can he become a wide receiver three maybe on a weekly basis? Or is it we just reaching for the stars there? No, he had that ridiculous game on, on Thursday night, which was crazy. I mean, listen, he's a talented guy, but I just don't see it happening. I'll tell you something. If they go to Beathard, I'm going to pick the Colts and, and survival on, on Sunday. That's for sure. <laughs> Greg Kittle, anything going forward? Uh, moving on. Okay, right. last, last one we'll get to here. Seattle 46, Indianapolis 18. I have to tell you, I was a little nervous about this. That Colt run defense is legit, Scott. Okay, this game got blown open with turnovers by Jacoby Brissett, Brissett and a couple weird things that happened here. But let's start with the Colts. Uh, not Brissett, but my question is T.Y. Hilton moving forward. Rest of schedule, would you rather T.Y. Hilton or Terrell Pryor, who caught a touchdown tonight? Uh, it's a tough one because Hilton's got so much ability, and I know we talked about how good he's been without Luck's Andrew come, Luck's Luck. coming back. He is probably Luck coming is back. coming back. I, you know, I I get to stick with T.Y. T. Hilton. I'm going to stick with what I've seen. I know Pryor had a nice catch tonight against Kansas City, but uh, I'll stick with T.Y. Hilton. I think he's got more, more than a deep threat that you want when it comes to a fantasy player. T.Y. Hilton, Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, I like Emmanuel Sanders. I think he doesn't get enough respect. I'll take Emmanuel Sanders. T.Y. Hilton, Adam Thielen? That's a good one. That's a real, real good one. And uh, if Sam Bradford comes back in the next week or two, I'll take Adam Thielen. 
Chris Carson gets carried off, which is a terrible to see. He was doing a decent job. I thought he was going to have a big game. He did not. The Colts running game shut them down, and he was not as active in the passing game as people thought he was going to be. Eddie Lacy came back, 11 rushes, 52 yards. Carroll says that, that Thomas Rawls is going to be the starter, and J.D. McKissick looked tremendous. Scott, can we make any sense of this backfield yet or no? Uh, it's unbelievable. Thomas Rawls is a healthy scratch this week, and now because they get an injury, not only did he come back in the lineup, now he's the number one guy. I, I just don't get it. I mean, if he was someone that was going to be a number one guy, wouldn't he at least be dressed, you know, and maybe make a, maybe try to make some more impact instead of JD McKissick, who not only did he run for one, he received for one. So now of course, you know, the fantasy players all around are going to go, I got to find JD McKissick, get to search his name. And hopefully you come up, make sure you put the dots after J and D. So he comes up <laughs> when you're searching for him, but people are going to be chasing JD McKissick. You know, I don't believe what Pete Carroll says. He's going to say Thomas Rawls is the lead guy. Look, if I had to put, Money on it. I'm gonna say Eddie Lacy is gonna be the number one guy now. If I had a pick in the Seattle roulette, it's gonna be Lacy for this week at least. One more question for you: This game, Tyler Lockett, Paul Richardson, rest of schedule. Uh, you know I like Paul Richardson. I I, I think you know, Lockett's a good slot receiver, but I think Richardson gives you that big playability. So I like Paul Richardson. I think he, listen, he only had three catches, but he's had catches in each game. He scored a couple of touchdowns. He's been consistent. I like Richardson. Third quarter. We say it every time. This is the first time on the podcast, the first year of the podcast, but even before the podcast, we've always said to each other that London, weird things happen in London. We said it last week when the Jaguars went over there and smashed the Ravens 44-7. to This week we had the Saints and the Dolphins, and what we probably would expect it to be, maybe 28-24, you know, a tight game, but points. We get the Saints 20, and we get your boy Jay Cutler and his Dolphins shut out by the New Orleans Saints. Let me start with the... With the Dolphins here, I'm gonna we'll get back to the Saints, but I want to start with the Dolphins because I know you're a Jay Cutler guy. They were the home team in this game. Try to sell me and our listeners on why Jay Cutler is still relevant because trust me, I know you think he is. Absolutely, I don't think he's even an option. Let me explain something to you. Jay Cutler is not going to be a good quarterback if he's getting pressured. By the way, neither is Tom Brady. Scott, okay? The problem is he played tremendously well in week one in a great win at the Chargers. You want to say it wasn't? It was. It was a road win. They hadn't played a game yet. The Chargers needed the win. It was a nice win. Then they played a Jets defense at home and got slaughtered. They were in the backfield every play. He's running for his life. He had an interception in the fourth quarter as he's trying to move the team down the field. Doesn't cut it for me. This game, Scott, in the first half, I know he had a bad interception in the end zone. Fine. He was like 11 of 14 in the first half. I mean, the completion percentage has to matter. It's not like he's purposely checking down. Jay Cutler, who's the wild... The completion percentage does not matter in fantasy. But what does it matter? Do you think Jay Cutler doesn't want to throw the ball down the field? Do you think I don't Jake, know. If you look, you look at him on the sidelines, he looks like he doesn't want to be there. I know. He that's looks, always looks, the – look, but, but, I mean, it, it, he looks it's so Scott, disinterested. And Scott, Eli shrugs his shoulder every time he throws an interception. Like, he's got some sort of thing where he has to shrug. He's got a tick or something. I mean, I don't want to talk about this. I'm telling you this. I understand Cutler's been horrific. I understand that. This is what I will tell you. I'm just trying to sell you on this. And then you can blow me up if you want. Three consecutive road games. They have not played a game at home. If he doesn't get protection, it's terrible. He's going to be terrible, but I think he will get protection. Here comes Tennessee, which could be Matt Castle, which does not have a good defense. It just gave a 50 spot to Deshaun Watson. I think Jay Cutler's a top eight quarterback this week. You know what? You can roll it. I, I don't. And if, and if Jay Ajayi, who we get to next, doesn't start running the ball and producing, it's only going to add more pressure on Cutler, and he's going to just be prone to making those mistakes again. You could roll with Jay Cutler. I won't. If anybody wants to follow you, by all means, go with it. But, you know, listen, he's got to show me that he actually cares about what he's doing and that he wants to help this team going forward. He just 
It's not there for me. It sometimes the eye you say the eye test with running backs and wide receivers. Well, the eye test on Jay Cutler for me, he's failed it multiple times. I was with you at the beginning of the year. I thought he could help this team, and I know it's three straight road games. But for me, just I'm telling it's you, not, I, I'm it's not tell there. You. Look. I you know, will be I'll, Scott. I will be unbearable. He throws for three touchdowns. I'll tell you right now. You, I will I'll, be. <laughs> I will concede to you. I was dead wrong on this. If he goes out and does that, but I just don't see it. I mean, you know, if he's not getting the support, let's go to JJ next, who you know is drafted as a top twelve pick overall. You're, you're looking for that number one running back, and now it's two straight weeks where Jai really doesn't get involved. And I know this game was tw- says twenty to nothing, but it wasn't. You know, it was three nothing at halftime. So this game was. Tight, where Jai should have been able to produce, and he just was unable to do so, going 12 for 46. So are you worried at all about Jai, or does he also write the ship against Tennessee next week? No, not worried at all. He's one of the few running backs, Scott, that is actually getting the touches here. I'm not going to overreact to a couple bad games. Keep in mind, not these players don't have great games every time. I'm not going to overreact. This is a guy. Here you go, Scott. Here's his upcoming schedule. You ready for this? Week 5, Tennessee Titans. They are 23rd against opposing running backs. Week 6, Atlanta Falcons. They are 26th against opposing running backs. Week 7, New York Jets. They are 29th against opposing running backs. Week 8, at Baltimore Ravens. And I know that game now is going to be it's going to be in Miami, so it's different playing the Jets at home, playing them away. Week 8, Ravens. 27th against opposing running backs. Should I keep going? And oh, by the way, they're going to have New England in Week 14 that are 31st against opposing running backs. I'm looking to trade for JJ. I'm looking to trade for Devontae Parker. I think that these are guys that you can buy high. And if you're going to believe in them and you're going to target them, then Jay Cutler should be decent. And if you don't think Jay Cutler is going to be good, then I don't think you think Jay Ajayi and Devontae Parker are going to be good. That They're all connected, man. You can't tell me one, not the other. Rest of the year, Jay Ajayi or Mike Gillisley. Oh. <laughs> Two guys I love. What I just said about Jay Ajayi, you can say about Gillisley. Wow, that is a tough one. I got a great offer tonight, by the way, in one of our leagues, but I refuse to give up Gillisley. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Give me 10 seconds. All right. Listen, I mean, you, these are guys you love. You just wax poetic about. I will take Jay I will take Jay Ajayi. I can't believe I'm saying that, but I Jay Ajayi, Melvin Gordon. No, Gordon. Because, because of the receptions, Gordon. And by the way, Scott, they could be chasing points every week. So, so Gordon. <laughs> All right. So receiver side, you love Jay Cutler. Who's more valuable? Is it Parker or is it Landry? Parker that's, seems to be the deep threat. Landry seems to be getting the targets. So you tell me, Parker or Landry? Yeah, he's getting the targets, Scott, but that's not going to last for long. I mean, I understand that Landry got seven targets in this game. Parker got eight. Last week, he had like 212 targets. I understand that. But no, it's Parker. Parker's the guy. I think Parker's a wide receiver, one for the rest of the season. I love Devontae Parker. I'm actively trying to trade for him, but I refuse to give up Mike Gillisley. And with the tight end being so then Julius Thomas does he have anything? Is he worth meriting as maybe as a top ten, top twelve tight end streaming option? You, you know, going forward. Absolutely, and he's a guy. He's a guy, Scott, who I would target on the waiver wire. I'd rather him than Eric Ebron. I'll tell you right now. Yeah. No, I, I, I would too. And and and, that, and I love Stafford. That just tells you how much I dislike Ebron. Yeah. Um, Saints side, Drew Brees is Drew Brees. He does what he has to do to win a game. You know, here's the big question mark again. It keeps coming out. You know, you and I both love Mark Ingram, but you know, every week it goes on. We see more and more of this kid, Alvin Kamara, this rookie. Goes five for twenty-five, but then he gives you ten for seventy-one. He breaks off a touchdown reception. So, 
you know, you and I are not Ingram, but is it time that we start to concede that maybe Kamara is the guy in the backfield? Yeah, they like Kamara. They like him because of his uh, Darren Sproles. They like him a lot. He's the second best receiver on the team. He's knocked Ted Ginn into to total worthlessness. Colby Fleener is not a consistent option. Brandon Coleman, Feaster, Favin. Absolutely. I do like Mark Ingram, Scott. I think he's another guy you can trade for. The only reason they brought in Adrian Peterson, to be quite honest with you, is because they thought that Ingram was going to get hurt. That's my view. Ingram never makes it past week 10, week 11, but I'll tell you this. I think Ingram's getting the goal line touches. If they get to the goal line, I don't think it's going to be Peterson. I think it's going to be Ingram. So I'm fine trading for Mark Ingram and I like Alvin Kamara if you can get him. Yep. Listen, I, I gotta be honest with you, I think it's Ingram too and I, I wouldn't be surprised if eventually we see either, you know, Peterson's, I know you don't see trades often in the NFL, but I don't think Peterson's long for New Orleans. I don't think he stays there through 16 games. Michael Thomas is clearly the number one wide receiver. Willie Sneed is off suspension, but he was inactive due to injury. When Willie Sneed comes back, is he a short fire wide receiver too, like a compliment to Thomas? Yeah, I'd, say, I'd say three. No, I'd say three. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't go two. Yeah, because I think Kamara now is demanding at least six, seven targets. You know, Michael Thomas is going to get 10. How many targets can he really get? I think he's a wide receiver three. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense to me. Scott, Houston 512, Tennessee 14. <laughs> I'd like to personally thank Lamar Miller for, for rising. He's risen. I put him in DFS because I couldn't find anybody for the flex spot, and he and he did a nice job for me. So talk to me here. Let's start with Tennessee, actually. Mariota's hurt. Looks like it's a couple weeks. What's the running game going to be like without Marcus Mariola? I think Matt Castle is starting here in Miami, by the way, which is another one for Jay Cutler. But talk to me. DeMarco Murray moving forward, rest of schedule. Derrick Henry, what's what's going on here? Yeah, this is, this is a tough one to read now. I mean, because Mariota being healthy, he's shown his leg was fine. And he was able to run around and open up, you know, plays himself in the backfield rushing plays. So I think that helped the running game of Murray and Henry. If Matt Castle's back there. Teams are not afraid of Matt Castle, so what it does is it's going to de- kill you know value on these receivers on Tennessee and the tight ends, you know, and the workload's going to be on Murray, and I don't know if Murray can handle you know full on 20, 25 a week workload. So I think going forward, at least with Matt Castle, I think Derrick Henry gives you more value because Derrick Henry can do both; he's a bruiser and he can catch passes. So if I had to pick one of these two going forward with Castle. That's going to be Derrick Henry for me. I I don't know about you, but I, I think Derrick Henry just can offer more and offer, you know, more to Matt Castle. Real? What about the passing game? Murray doesn't catch passes. I mean, Henry no, doesn't I'm catch sorry. passes. I'm sorry, Henry doesn't catch passes. I mean, Henry caught a couple passes last week. I, I to me, I think Henry is a guy though. He's younger. He's quicker. He, he can offer more long term. Look, I mean, Murray. You know, the, you know, I know he broke off one seventy five yard run last week, but other than that, he's looked kind of slow. I don't know if it's you know, he, he's getting up there. I mean, he's still a very good running back. But with Matt Castle at quarterback, I think you need someone who's a little younger, maybe a little bit quicker. So for me, I would still go Derrick Henry. We talked about Rashard Matthews as the best receiver here, so I'm not going to go there. I got one for you right now. John o. Smith did not have a catch in this game, Scott, but he has two touchdowns here on the season. Is he a threat to Delaney Walker? Do you downgrade Delaney Walker at tight end? No, I keep Delaney Walker is just from a sheer, sheer, sheer volume standpoint. He gets catches. He gets looks. Listen, you, you run into these tight ends all around. Like Red Ellis scored a touchdown last week. John Hanna scored a touchdown last week. So these backup tight ends, they get their t- their touches and their touchdowns. I, 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 think, I think Walker, if anybody's value goes up, it's probably Walker with Castle. You start uh, Watson, spot starter, consistent starter here? Rest of the year, Deshaun Watson? I like – yeah, I do. I mean, listen, I, I have a league where – I have not only Marcus Mariota who's out, but I also have Derek Carr. Those are my two quarterbacks, and so I could drill this week in that league, and Watson's available. He's definitely someone I'm targeting. He's going to have to be a guy if I can get him to lead me for the next couple of weeks. So absolutely, Deshaun Watson is someone you can play going forward. DeAndre Hopkins is awesome. I just want to see the depth of this. DeAndre Hopkins or Larry Fitzgerald rest of schedule? 
Oh, you know I don't like Carson Palmer, and I respect Larry Fitzgerald to no end, but I'll take Hopkins. The targets are just being force-fed to him. DeAndre Hopkins, Brandon Cooks. I take Hopkins again. No, I mean, it's just, you know, I know people were down on the rookie quarterbacks, but Watson showed he can play, and even, you know, Hopkins still leads the league in targets, and he's catching eight to ten balls a game. I, Hopkins. You know, I got laughed at by uh, Matt Kelly of uh, <laughs> of uh, Road Underworld Radio when I said that DeAndre Hopkins is better than Des Bryant. He told me to stop on that, by the way. I just want to point that out. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Stefan Diggs. I want to see how far this goes, Scott, for you. <laughs> It's going to go further. I like wow, DeAndre Hopkins. Wow. Wow. Oh, very good. Very good. Uh, only other people moving forward there. Lamar Miller, Scott, uh, is he turned a corner? Uh, four receptions, 56 yards and a touchdown, 3.9 yards a carry and a touchdown on the ground. No, I don't know if he's turned a corner just yet. Listen, it was a nice game to see. You know, I was big at Lamar Miller last year. I thought getting out of Miami, getting into Houston would be a good spot for him. He really was disappointing last year. Disappointing up till now. I, I wouldn't say just yet he's turned a corner. Let's see another week or two. You know, tough game they'll have next week and Monday night against Kansas City. So let's, let's on Sunday night against Kansas City. I'm sorry, not Monday night. So let's see if he can put back-to-back, you know, relevant fantasy performances together before I say he's turned a corner. Jets, Jacksonville, the Jets believe it or not, are the best team. They have the best record in of teams that house, that call MetLife Stadium their home. The Jets are 2-2. Two and two. They beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 23-20 in overtime after Jacksonville puts up 44 against the Ravens. From a fantasy standpoint, you touched on them a little bit, but let's just talk a little bit more from a Jacksonville side about Leonard Fournette. You know, how valuable is he going forward the rest of the year for Jacksonville? Solid. He's an RB1. Wide receiver standpoint, I mean, I I still don't think it's enough to believe in Blake Bortles just yet to play him. You know, he had a great game in London, so you know, so so against the Jets. But I know you're a Marquis Lee guy. Are you still a Marquis Lee guy over Allen Allen Hearns, or has that changed at all for you? Uh, I like Marquis Lee better in in PPR, but I'm not discussing anyone else in the Jacksonville offense. All right, so let's, move to, <laughs> let's move to the Jet offense, which I got to be quite honest with you, I would not have really thought we'd be talking much about the Jet offense, but I think we have a little bit of a situation brewing, and that's in the running backs. So Matt Forte is out. He's hurt. And all of a sudden, you get Bilal Powell explodes for 21 and 163 in a touchdown, and Elijah McGuire goes 10 for 93 in a touchdown. So if you saw either one of these running backs run on Sunday, they both put up big numbers. Who looked better to you? And if Forte is out for a while, or even if he comes back and loses his spot, who is more valuable? going forward rest of the season. Scott, you take Elijah McGuire's 69-yard run out. He had nine rushes for 24 yards. Okay, so I'm not buying right. Elijah McGuire. What about McGuire. Powell's 75-yard touchdown run? Uh, oh, I didn't get to that yet. You, you cut me off there. I didn't get to that. Okay, well, uh, 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 here's my thing. I don't think we can overreact. I think Eli- I think Bilal Powell has shown it, Scott, in PPR in the past. You know what I mean? But I, I, again, you take Bilal Powell's 75-yard rush out, which he was, you know, everybody started playing. He still had a solid game. He had 20 rushes, number one. So he outrushed McGuire. And number two, he had about 90 yards. So, I mean, that's a pretty solid game. I'm not buying Elijah McGuire. Nice job. Forte's going to come back. He's going to cut into your time. Powell is the one who has had the sustained success. So I like Powell a little bit going forward as an RB2, depending on the matchup. But let's take it easy with Elijah McGuire. If you had a stream of wide receiver because of bye weeks, is it Robbie Anderson or Jermaine Curse? It's door three. Okay, door three. I don't know who's behind door three. Uh, we'll have to we'll have to come back on that one. Uh, is Austin Safarian Jenkins a top ten tight end going forward? Rest Absolutely, of the season? especially against Cleveland. I don't know if Jamie Collins plays or not. Absolutely. 
That's funny. This might be a game where the Jets are actually favored to win, would you believe it or not, next uh, week against Cleveland. I thought about picking Cleveland, but I can't pick Cleveland the Survivor. Nah. Scott, you got uh, the good you got the good one here. Carolina thirty three, New England thirty. What an explosion that went on here. We'll start with the visiting team. Cam Newton, is he back? Uh, you know, look, I, I, I don't think so. Not yet. Patriot defense stinks. I mean, I think we've now learned that they are just no good. The, they're going to score with anybody, but if they can't stop anybody, they'll get beat. I need another week or two, a couple weeks out of Cam Newton. I, I, I can't just jump ship all of a sudden and say that he's back. You know, I've been down on him for three weeks. It's a nice game, 316, three touchdowns. He rewarded fantasy owners, but I guarantee you that those fantasy owners that had him, if they had other options, didn't play him. So you could tell me you, you stuck on the Cam Newton bandwagon, but let me see your lineup and see if it was actually in it. Because I, I believe that 50% of owners kept him on his on their bench. So not yet. Maybe he's turning turning a corner, but not yet for me. Devin Funch, Devin Funches, one game wonder? I think so. Um, I think you know Devin Funches has had so many chances to show that he could play. He hasn't done it. Listen, anybody can catch two touchdowns. Look, Mercedes Lawrence caught three last week, so anybody can have a game where they're important and they show up and put up some numbers. So yeah, for me right now, it's a one, it's a one hit wonder for Funches. Calvin Benjamin, wide receiver two moving forward. Probably by default, uh, okay. because you know Greg Ol- Greg Olson out. I mean, who else is there? Someone's going to catch the ball. I mean, he's probably the best option. Yeah. Okay? And Scott Jonathan Stewart didn't really put up a lot of fantasy points, but he did average 4.9 yards a carry. So uh, moving forward, is I mean, he will score eventually. It will happen. He's getting the rushes. He's just not getting the numbers. Yeah, no, listen, he did better than I thought because I didn't think Carolina would be in this game. So I really thought this would be, yeah, they'd be chasing. We'd see a lot more McCaffrey. But so Stewart being this game, they were in this game. He got his looks. The yards per carry there. The problem is the volume. I don't think is it's just not enough volume. You know, it's not twenty twenty two carries. It's twelve. It's thirteen. It's fourteen carries. So you know, and then you know, when they get to the goal line, a lot of times you're going to see a lot of those straight runs with Cam Newton because he's a quarterback that can do that. So that also I think hurts Stewart's value at the goal line. Um, listen, he, you know, he he's reliable if he gets the touches, and you know, I think that's a big if going forward. Rest of schedule: James White and Standard or Mike Gillisley. Oh, standard? I, I'm with you. I'll take the goal line back, Gillisley. And that's my point, Scott. LeGarrette Blunt didn't get a touchdown every week. There's like at least four or five games where Blunt had terrible games last year, but no one remembers it, right? Because he had 18 touchdowns or whatever he had. People take it easy. I mean, the guy's got four touchdowns in four games. He'll be fine. Uh, Scott, better wide receiver rest of schedule. Chris Hogan, Brandon Cooks. <laughs> yeah, you know what? <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough one. I think consistency and reliability is Chris Hogan. I, you know, Brandon Cooks is skilled. He's talented. He's, he can play the game and he can get open to make plays. But I, I referenced this a couple weeks ago. Chris Hogan reminds me of Julian Edelman. You know, it's just he you know, can line up in a slot. He can find a hole and just turn around, stand there, and catch the ball and run. You're looking for the home runs with Cook. He can make the other plays too, but I'll take Chris Hogan going forward. Danny Amendola, every week starter, we a, a wide receiver three or no? Uh, you know, every week starter, it's tough for me to say every week, but he's definitely a streaming wide receiver three. I, I don't know if I can rely on him every week, though. You get this game, Pittsburgh Steelers, AFC North against the Baltimore Ravens. You know, I mentioned to you last week that when we were talking about this, that it doesn't happen often where the Steelers are favored on the road against the Ravens. And they were a three-point favorite in this game, and which made me think your famous quote, Vegas knows, and Vegas did know. Steelers went 26-9. to you know, you could talk about Ben Roethlisberger if you want, but I'm sure you're going to tell me typical road game. So let's go to Le'Veon Bell. You know, was this the game that gets Le'Veon Bell right, ready, and, you know, number one, number two, running back the rest of the season? 100%. He's back. Absolutely. Russ is gone. He's here. 100%. 
And Antonio Brown, four catches, is just a blip. Forget about it. They'll be fine next week. Yeah, and non-issue, Scott. Enough with the throwing of the gator. Give me a break. It's amazing with social media what is done here. And I got to tell you, Antonio Brown's the best wide receiver in football. There's no discussion. He's a Hall of Famer. So what if he got mad, guys? What does it matter? We want players to be this passionate. Who cares? Ben said it in the press conference. Like, I just want the ball. Enough. He's fine. Non-issue. Eli Rogers was a healthy scratch, and I know you don't like Martavius Bryant. So from a wide receiver two option, do you give Juju Smith-Schuster a look here? Because he has been involved a lot more in the past two or three weeks. He's been on the field. He's gotten more snaps. They sat Rogers, made him inactive to play Schuster, and even bring in Justin Hunter. So I know you're not a Martavius Bryant guy, so can Schuster offer low-end wide receiver two, maybe wide receiver three value at all for you or no? How many catches did Martavius Bryant have this week? Martavis Bryant had three, but you're not going to let me. You're not going to. Listen, you can say what you want about Martavis Bryant, but it's fine. And you, so far, you're right. But I know you watch highlights, and I know you watch replays, and I know you saw the first play of the game against the Bears last week, and I know you saw the play again this week. He is. He could have four touchdowns and about 300 yards. I will say one thing about Ben Roethlisberger. You know, the guy is consistent. He's locked in, and over the course of his career, he's one of the best. Deep ball throwers in the NFL, he's been terrible at deep ball throws this year, and he's missed Bryant about four or five times. Yes, he's got three. You're right. All hail, Mr. Randall and Martavis Bryant, Mr. Three Catches. But, you know, I'm asking you. So if he's not a wide receiver, too, is there another wide receiver, two on this team? At home, Scott, he's a wide receiver, too. The numbers play it out. He basically catches a touchdown in every home game, right? Remember I said it last week or two weeks ago, 0.91 touchdowns per home game. So next week against the Jaguars, absolutely playing with confidence. He's a wide receiver too, but he's only going to get three catches. Juju Smith-Schuster, yeah, man. But here's my question. If Antonio Brown doesn't have four catches and he has eight catches, are we talking about Juju Smith-Schuster? Probably not. Brian's going to get his three. He'll get his five or six targets. Bell had some decent receptions. Jesse James maybe... But to me, Antonio Brown gets hot. It's just Miss Schuster's not an issue. So listen, at home, you're going to play Bryant on the road. If you want to try Schuster, that's fine. All right, let's we'll skip, skip Joe Flacco because nobody played him. And he really was bad again. I mean, the yardage is there. He had a touchdown. But another real crowded backfield. So, I mean, we, we you, know, you and I talked about Alex Collins picking up all these garbage time yards. And sure enough, he comes out and he's the starting running back against the Steelers. And he looks good, breaks off a 25-yard run on the first play. But then he proceeds to fumble in the second quarter and things start to change and the game changes pace. So the Raven backfield is just a mess. Is there anybody now that you can target going forward? No, and relax on Alex Collins. You know me, Scott. If you had, He has one rush for 50 yards. Otherwise, he's eight rushes, 32 yards. Okay, so enough. I have no interest. Javoris Allen, fine because he gets receptions. Scott, six targets, six receptions. Revenge game only for Mike Wallace or does he do anything for you going forward? Uh, revenge game only. You know, they're going out to Oakland. The car's not going to play. He's feast or famine. I, you know, I just, I, I think there's better plays than that, man. I'm not going to sit there and pray that on the four balls that are bombed down the field to Mike Wallace, he catches a touchdown. Jeremy Macklin, by the way, no interest. I'm do we queue up? Do we queue up the Undertaker theme for Jeremy Macklin? Hit it. Yeah, the only other guy, the only other guy I think that's relevant, maybe. I think Ben Watson could be a tight end stream as well. Like the position so thin. He got five catches, forty three yards. Be. Yeah, so, it could be, sure. You know, I mean, you know, I think that would be somebody you could maybe target. You know, I thought Scott, this next game, you know, in division game favored on the road, Bengals, Browns, but the Bengals are hot. I know it's the Packers and they lost. I know it's the Browns. But since Bill Lazor has taken over, this Bengal team looks very, very good. Andy Dalton, rest of schedule. Is he a low end QB one? 
Yeah, I mean, he could be low in QB1, uh, high QB2. You know, with, with all these injuries happening in the quarterback position, sure, you, you could stream worse. I got to thank the Bengals. My only win of the week, so thank you for the Bengals there as far as my pick em goes. Um, yeah, Dalton, 286, four touchdowns. So he he gets back on people's radar. People can look at him. They will be picked off the wire because, again, the bye weeks are starting now. I think Drew Brees is on a bye. You got some Matt Ryan on a bye. So you got guys on a bye right away. So quarterbacks are going to go this week. So Dalton will be someone you pick up there and you could – you know, use streaming going forward. Scott Dalton, Palmer, rest of schedule. You keep throwing me Palmer. I don't like Palmer, and I, I, I just. I'm I trying to see. Is there a guy you'll take Palmer over? That's what I'm trying to say. You know what it is. I, I, I don't think so. Palmer's too brittle for me, and you know, I, no, I, I won't. I'm, okay. I'm off the cars with Palmer. Dalton, Tyrod, rest of schedule. Ooh, that's a good one. I like Tyrod. Tyrod Taylor. Dalton Prescott. Yeah, Prescott. Okay. All right. Good. Uh, as far as the running backs, Joe Mixon got the carries here, Scott. So we were kind of right about the fact that he was going to get the carries and do anything with him. 17 rushes, 29 yards. I think that means the Cleveland rush defense is pretty good, which could be a problem for the Jets because I don't know how the Jets are going to score if they're not rushing the ball next week. But talk about Joe Mixon and uh, Jeremy Hill seems to be phasing out. And Giovanni Bernard, he had one big reception for 61 yards, but that's about it. Yeah, I mean, I think the 17 carry shows that they want to make Mixon the guy. It's just a matter of what he does with it. I mean, I think you still hold out hope here that he can turn into an RB2 for you. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to do RB1 you know, numbers, but at this point, maybe an RB2. You know, the touches are there, so that's what you want to see. You know, Jeremy Hill's getting phased out. Giovanni Bernard's offering you stuff, out of, you know, some, some value with his catches. You know, he breaks off that big catch, gets a touchdown. So, I mean, Mixon, I still target him to be – I put him now at an RB2 status. I won't put him as an RB1, and, uh, but he would be the guy in that Cincinnati backfield going forward. Isaiah Crowell droppable, Scott? You know, he's getting there. Uh, he, he's getting there. I mean, this team keeps losing. I, I wouldn't drop him just yet, but you know, the more and more involved Duke Johnson gets you know, uh, in both aspects of the game, it's going to be it's gonna be harder and harder to you know make a case for Crowell going forward. Duke Johnson, RB2, rest of, rest of the season? Yeah, I, I could see that. Uh, I really could. I mean, he's getting the, he got some touches in the backfield. He's lined up in the slot. Yeah, Duke Johnson is a valuable option. He's you know he scored both ways. So yeah, I, I would say he can he can be a, he can be a low RB two absolutely, and he's probably available in some leagues. So you need somebody. I'd go get him. Uh, we talked about this that non home field advantage the Chargers in L A that stub up center against about the Eagles and about eighteen thousand of their fans traveling. Another tough loss for the Chargers. They're 0-4. They lose. They find ways to lose every week. Eagles 26, Chargers 24. Let's start on the Eagles side. Uh, Carson Wentz, you know, 242 and a touchdown. It's a road game, so it's a it's a admirable performance on the road. Is Wentz someone that you could play going forward rest of schedule? I like him because he takes shots. He takes shots down the field. I like him, Scott. This was a game that they rushed for 214 yards in. So Wentz is not going to throw a lot. He was efficient. He had a touchdown, no interceptions. He got sacked once. I like Carson Wentz a lot moving forward. I got him in one of my leagues. Thank goodness, because Mariota's out. How about LeGarrette Blunt? Huh? 16 carries for 136 yards. Where'd that yard per carry average come from? Uh, LeGarrette Blunt, did he do enough here to change your opinion on him going forward? Or is he still strictly, you know, that 
goal line dependent running back. Yeah, goal line dependent guy. That 68 yard run, Scott, was ridiculous. He was down twice. I'm watching it right now, actually. I mean, like, you know, he should have been down. He, he's not that fast. He's a goal line guy. You take that one away. He had 70 yards and 15 carries, which is solid. Chargers run defense is terrible. The Eagles execute the game plan. Good job by Doug Peterson. Still not thrilled with him at all. I like Wendell Smallwood a little bit. He surprised me. I, I Wendell Smallwood's a guy who has a five catches or something like that, six catches the last two years, but he really stepped into the Darren Sproles role. He got a rushing touchdown there on the goal line. So I sort of like Wendell Smallwood depending on the matchup moving forward. For example, I like him next week against Arizona at home. Uh, yeah, no, it's a good matchup there. Is, is Zach Ertz the closest challenger to Rob Gronkowski for top tight end in football this year? Yep, must start every week. Wide receivers, are you down on Jeffrey? The numbers aren't there. He gets a touchdown. Has Austin Jeffrey done enough lately where he's been targeted by Wentz to kind of change your feeling about him in this Eagle offense? What I'll tell you is this. I, I, I don't, I'm not looking to trade for Alshon Jeffrey. Okay, but he's produced. Would I trade for him? No. Would I feel confident if I'm his owner starting him as a wide receiver too? Yes, at home because Casey Hayward was tough, but he still got the touchdown. More targets next week in this game. Nelson Aguilar or Wendell Smallwood? Oh, Smallwood. Aguilar. Scott, take away the, the bomb on the week one. What has Aguilar done? No, no, I'm with you. Just, just wanted to see. Rivers, 347, two touchdowns. He bounces back from that bad game. You know, here's here, here's a guy. I don't know if you're worried about him or if you're concerned yet, but he's he's, you know, big topic of us ours here. He's in that Jordan Howard, Melvin Gordon debate. Melvin Gordon again, the the yards per carry are down. He's just not finding any holes. Ten for twenty two, uh, and this week only one catch for seven yards, and he lost a touchdown to uh, Eckler. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with his work because I'm not. He lost a touchdown to him. So tell me about Melvin Gordon. Are you concerned at all? No. No, I, I'm, I am more concerned about the fact that Melvin Gordon's playing on the road <laughs> for 16 games. That one bothers me. He's going to dominate the work. Eckler got a, a lucky run up the middle for 35 yards. That's fine. He only got the one reception, but Gordon's been pretty good with the reception so far. Listen, if the Chargers are going to get going, it's got to be Melvin Gordon. they got to stay with him. The argument with me was volume. Volume versus Howard in game script. Now, they have no no wins. Okay, the Bears at least have a win. So I, it's very odd, but I'm I'm still very confident with Melvin Gordon, yes. Keenan Allen's back. He's a true number one wideout. Yeah, yeah, 100%. All year long. 100%, all year long. Top top 10 for me. Yeah. And is this going to be week-to-week basis now? We're going to flip a coin if it's Tyrell Williams one week, Travis Benjamin the next? You or can, can any one of these guys – because I know last week you said you you felt it was Benjamin. You were down on Williams, and it comes out to be Williams instead of Benjamin. So are we just flipping a coin week-to-week, or is there one guy that can actually grab this number two spot? Here's the one that worries me. Is Mike Williams going to come back soon, Scott? That's the problem. He's going to I, – I, I, I still like Benjamin. I, I think it's a flip a coin thing. I agree with you, to be honest. But Mike Williams is coming back. I think it's going to be an issue. It's going to cut in their target. So to me, it's Keenan Allen and no one else. And who's the tight end play going forward the rest of the year? Is it Henry or Gates? Neither. No interest. Neither. Okay. And here's my question for you. Who you start next week if you have to start at Los Angeles tight end in New York against the Giants? Because they're terrible against tight ends. And then you give up a touchdown every week to a tight end. Who you starting? <laughs> Henry or Gates? I'm going to start Hunter Henry if I had to pick one. <laughs> if this game was a, quote, home, maybe Gates. But on the road, I, I would go Hunter Henry. If, and you know what? He's going to – both of these guys are going to get looks, especially in DFS because like we talked about before, the Giants, they can't stop a tight end. If you line up in the tight end position – you will score against the Giants. Denver holds serve at home 16-10. This is our last game, Scott. Derek Carr injured, back spasms, back injury. He's out for a couple weeks. Talk to me, Scott, about rushing, because last year Denver gave up over 130 yards rushing, and they've been tremendous against the rush this year, even without Wade Phillips. Marshawn Lynch moving forward. Scott, what is he? Is is he a matchup defendant? Is he an RB2 even? What is he? I told you from the get-go, I, I didn't li- like Marshawn Lynch this year. I know he had one good game, but, I mean, everybody's expecting him to sit out a year, go to Oakland, and just become 
beast mode again. I compare him to LeGarrette Blunt. LeGarrette Blunt in New England is phenomenal. Elsewhere, he's nothing. Marshawn Lynch was nobody in Buffalo. Let's not forget that. Before he went to Seattle, he was – I I wouldn't be surprised. I, if I remember, he was cut and then picked up by the Seahawks. So Marshawn Lynch, he is borderline not playable right now. Now, I know Carr being hurt, they're going to have to try to feed him the ball more, and it sounds like Carr is going to be out of there from two to six weeks, which is such a wide range. So his his carries might get up. But honestly, in a situation like this, I look for you know Washington, Andre Washington, and Jalen Rashard to cut it to his time too because you're going to have to get creative with Oakland when E.J. Manuel is the quarterback. So Lynch right now is a sit for me. What is the deal with Amari Cooper, Scott? Yeah, I, you know, the drops are bad. The, the, I don't know. I mean, it's it's obvious Derek Carr loves Michael Crabtree. I mean, I think it's pretty pretty clear that Crabtree is his guy, but Cooper doesn't help himself out at all with these drops. I mean, I think he's been targeted 23 times. He's only got 12 catches. He's got six or seven drops. He kind of flipped the script on that last year, got rid of that, but he just – he if he's going to keep dropping balls, he's going to be a problem. I mean, he's – Got le- he's got less receptions than Jared Cook does, and that's a problem when you're supposed to be the number one guy, and you're talking about four weeks. I know Carr got hurt, but I don't blame this loss on on the Carr injury. I mean, I think Denver controlled this game. I know it's 16 to 10, but that defense really kept Oakland in check. But yeah, Cooper's a concern going forward. He absolutely is a concern, and it doesn't get any better with EJ Manuel as the quarterback. Scott, Jared Cook is on pace for 100 targets this year. He has 25 targets here. Is startable? I think so. Right now, he has to be because if Cooper is going to have trouble with these drops, you know, Emmanuel's going to need someone. And Crabtree's hurt. I would. I don't know if we're going to see Crabtree next week either. So, yeah, I mean, Cook has to be startable on sheer volume alone. No, uh, I agree. Moving over to Denver, C.J. Anderson got the line share of the carries. Jamal Charles got hurt, which will help him. Devontae Booker came into the mix, but he's not an issue yet. Here's my question: You comfortable trading for Demarius Thomas right now? One catch, eleven yards. Yeah, I don't know if I am or not. I think I like Sanders there better, so I, I would not. I know you want to, people like to buy low, take a shot. I'm not buying Demarius Thomas. Um, you know, if there's a wide receiver that someone wants to give me, I'll probably cost me more, but it's Emmanuel Sanders. So you like Sanders. And uh, Benny Fowler, any interest? I'm going to start a Benny Fowler. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, you <laughs> picked Benny Fowler up. He found a nice home on your bench for a week. He's going to have more than Jamison Crowder tonight, by the way. <laughs> I don't think yeah. anything. At least Terrell Pryor has shown up a little bit, but uh, – yeah, no, Benny Fowler, I don't have any interest at all. Just like I don't, please don't ask me about A.J. Darby. I don't have any interest in him either. Fourth quarter, here we go. All right, Scott, fourth quarter, waiver wire targets. We got a lot of waivers coming in. Let's just go through them quick and, and see where we're going to target. You talked about having a quarterback problems with Derek Carr. Are you picking up Deshaun Watson? Yeah, Deshaun Watson to me is the number one quarterback target on the waiver wire this week, and I, I think that's going forward. So I am 100% targeting Deshaun Watson, as is probably most fantasy players out there. But if you're skeptical, don't be. Target him. There may be a case that Eli Manning is still out there. You pick up Manning or you pick up um, Watson? I mean, I pick them up both. I think Manning's got the better matchup this week at home against the Chargers, but they're both very viable. So, I mean, if you miss out on one, you know, the other one's – Perfect to be your uh, secondary claim, as is Jared Goff. I would throw him in there as well. He's going to be on the wire, too. So there are quarterbacks available. Running backs, you're not picking up Thomas Rawls, right? No, I'm not picking up Thomas Rawls. I mean, I'm laying off the Seattle backfield. I'm going to go elsewhere and attempt to fix my Dalvin Cook problem elsewhere. Uh, Ty Montgomery, does he play Scott against the Cowboys? I don't think so. I think Ty Montgomery is out against the Cowboys, and which would lead me to be the, the guy that I would pick off the waiver. I would probably be Aaron Jones. Michael Floyd coming back for the Vikings. Wide receivers, any interest? No. If Cooper Cup's out there, are you picking him up and starting him or are you picking him up and stashing him? 
I mean, if he's out there, I could stash him for sure. Uh, I wouldn't start him right away, but I, I would stash him if he's available. I think Cooper Cup's probably owned about 60% of the league going forward right now. Tight end Ryan Griffin, pick him back up or drop him? Uh, you could pick him up, I guess. Nah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a huge Ryan Griffin guy. Nah, I'll, I'll pass. Worried about Jimmy Graham at this point? Worried about the fact that Luke Wilson has more fantasy points than him? Yeah, I mean, you could be a little bit worried about that for sure. I mean, Luke Wilson gets one or two catches a game, but they're usually for a touchdown. So, I mean, you take it six points away from Graham, and he was, you know, he wasn't around much of the game last night until late. So, yeah, you could be a little bit worried about Jimmy Graham. As has been the case since he's been in Seattle. He's just, you know, one week he's there, one week he's not. Last one, just give me a yes or no. Would you be comfortable starting this defense if you had to this week? You ready? Buccaneers at home against Patriots. No. Colts at home. Colts I want to say yes, but no. Colts at home against the Niners. Yes. Dolphins at home against the Titans. If Mario doesn't play. Yes. If Mario doesn't play, yes. Who's going to win, Bengals or Bills? Bills. Which defense would you start? Buffalo. Giant defense against the Chargers? You know, that's that's an interesting one. I'm going to say no. If somebody's got the Jaguar defense and they've been riding him, Scott, would you sit him against the Steelers at home? Yes. So would I. Seahawks, Rams, which defense is going to have more points? Top of my head, where's this game at? It's in It's in Los Angeles. The Rams. Texans, Chiefs, which defense you like better? Texans. Last one, Bears or Vikings, which defense you like better? Vikings. I think it, uh, Mitch Trubisky will get a, a rude welcome to the NFL. Jordan Howard score yes or no? Jordan Howard will score, my friend. I agree. He will score. I agree with you. I, I think I think Gordon's I think Gordon's got to score this week to keep pace. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He will score, and you know, as, as we always do in these podcasts, we have these games going on in the background. You know, nice nice game here. You're you're alive uh, with that plus seven Kansas City up late twenty to seventeen Washington driving. You know, Kirk Cousins doing a nice job on the road. Terrell Pryor got a touchdown. He's been involved finally. Kareem Hunt. Quiet game, I believe. I think he scored a touchdown, but it's still been overall a quiet game for Kareem Hunt. Um, you know, so the Redskins keeping you in play here, getting you that one win for this week. All right, we'll take it. All right, Scott. Uh, listen, guys, thank you so much for always paying attention, picking up the Blitz podcast. You can review us and rate us on iTunes. Please do. So uh, you can e- you can tweet us at PUT Blitz, at PUT Blitz. Also on Facebook, picking up the Blitz podcast. You can follow Scott at SCOT557 or myself at Randall Rant. And we got some stuff in our rankings up there, of course, and Scott's DFS plays on RandallRant.com. Exciting week, Scott. Week five. Bye weeks are coming, right? Yeah, this is fun. I can't believe we're a quarter of the way through it. I mean, you wait, you wait all summer for this, and then when it comes, these Sundays just seem to fly by in the fall. So, week five already, but it's it's there's been no shortage of news to talk about. That is for sure. All right, we'll see. We'll see you next week. We'll see you at the end of the week, folks.